check. Mic check. Is this thing on? I'm going to start off with an apology. Uh, I apologize. My <laughs> Camp Vibes fans, friends, co-workers, I needed a break. Not from the podcast, but I needed a small break uh, from just thinking about camping ministry all the time. I'll go into kind of how I was feeling and how I'm currently feeling now, but I just wanted to start off with an apology. Um, I think kind of what happened was I was planning on on doing this every week, and it was fun. I was having a great time. Mm. And then summer hit and it was like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And it was just a lot. It's a lot of work to edit and then to get it up online. And I really, really, really wanted to get summer staff in there or campers in there. And just uh, obviously that didn't happen. And doing a podcast is hard. <laughs> but I learned a lot. I think what I'm going to do is do it in more of a seasons type thing. So what you got was those first, I think, 10 or 11 episodes I did. That'll be season one of Camp Vibes. And this will be season two of Camp Vibes. And I will try and put them out regularly, but I'm not going to commit to a week. Um, And I'm going to try and put as many out as I can, but I'll try and do at least 10. How's that sound? Uh, before the summer starts. So there's kind of season one, season two, because camp obviously goes in seasons and there are busy seasons and there are slower seasons. So we'll start with that. Um, But we're keeping the same uh, theme song. So Hello, Mr. Bear by Josh Lund will still be be there. And (laughs) just a really quick story is... um, so, so Josh and I and another coworker of mine, James, just went recruiting for two weeks, which has a lot to do with me kind of recording this podcast. I really felt like got some life injected into me. But uh, Josh played that very song live for the first time at like an indoor underground like cellar bar, basically. <laughs> it was like a, um open mic night and Josh did amazing, played that song and some other songs that hopefully we record at some point because I want you guys to listen to <laughs> some of the songs he's made up. Anyways, let's get back to it. It's just me today um, and I promise there will be guests, but I need to kind of explain and walk through what's happened, what's basically transpired since last June. Uh, the last podcast I did was with a guy named Matt England or Tune Squad, and we talked a lot about just kind of the family lineage and him working at camp and the impact camp had on his family's life and then had on his life as well. And basically after that, so that was like end of week one of camp, and then <laughs> as I like to say, all hell broke loose. Um, camp just swallowed me up this summer, uh, unintentionally for sure. Um, I definitely more so this summer than any other summer came out of the summer, super burnt out. And I don't know if my staff entirely picked up on it. Um, but obviously there's some people listening out there. There was just a series of things that happened and I felt 
alone. I, I definitely felt, as I've talked about in previous podcasts, kind of um, in my own world and no, nobody's checking in on me or caring for me. And, and partly that's my fault. Um, and I have since, you know, summer, I've reached out to my director and to some other people and figured out maybe a better way to balance being a dad and being a camp director and overseeing people and asking for help, asking for people to check in on me more because um, I'm, I'm learning that that is important, uh, obviously. <laughs> so week two rolled around and uh, just some scenarios happened with some staff members. I won't go into a ton of details, but uh, at the end of week two, kind of was feeling some things with a specific staff member, decided week three that we needed to um, let a staff member go, which is always, it just hurts my my heart so much. And um, yeah, there was just an interaction with another counselor and with uh, some parents that kind of may have seen this interaction. We felt like what was best was to let this staff member go. But that's how the day ended. How the day started was, uh, and if you worked at Frontier Ranch this summer, you'll know that we had some bus issues. Um, <laughs> we used a transportation company called Michael's Transportation, and, and they are a good company. Um, but uh, man, it was the beginning of week two and I don't know what the heck happened, but basically, uh, we have a Thursday bus day where, um, they, they pick up our kids and take them to the beach and the first bus showed, uh, but the second bus never showed. And so we had all of our guy counselors basically waiting at camp for well over an hour. And it just was like super duper frustrating. So, I was mad. I called the company. I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay for your bus to be an hour late. I'm just not going to do that. And so the, the director there, he was like, Hey man, let me take you out to lunch. And, uh, I'm a sucker for lunches. So (laughs) he took me out to lunch and he apologized. He said, let's make sure this doesn't happen again. And I said, yeah, man, that would be great. Cause like, I just, I can't do this and because it's so stressful. You have 100 kids, oh, 150 kids that literally need to get to the beach, and we have a schedule. If you're in camp, everything runs by the schedule, and this bus obviously kind of ruined our schedule. And what's funny is at the end of last summer, so end of 2016, a very similar scenario happened except our kids were literally stranded at the beach and it was like 90 degrees outside in Santa Cruz that day and they were like just literally sitting in the sun baking waiting for this bus to show that never showed. So I got this lunch. It was nice. I ordered a little bit of extra stuff on my sandwich, got two bags of chips and uh, don't necessarily drink soda, but I was all in. I'm like, I'm making this guy pay. <laughs> and uh, we talked about it. And I felt really good. So week three rolls around and I was feeling healthy at this point in the summer. I was actually, one of my goals for the summer was to continue to go to the gym, um, kind of keep, keep rhythm there, going to the gym, making sure I was feeling good health wise throughout the summer. Um, and I've been going to the gym and then I invited our speaker. His name's, uh, Hulk. He's a rather large specimen and uh, he likes to, you know, pump the pump the weights, 
And so we were going together, and then Thursday rolls around, and I pull in to uh, the parking lot of my gym, and I had said to Frank, I said, hey, man, let's just chill here for like five minutes. Just want to make sure I see the bus come back into camp because I can – where my gym is, you can kind of see the bus rolling in, and – and they're very specific buses. And so we're sitting there, five minutes go by, 10 minutes go by, half an hour goes by. And I'm starting to get like super, super mad. And it just, the bus literally never showed. And so I then call this guy who took me out to lunch and I'm mad now because one, I didn't get to work out right before beach day, which was a bummer. Didn't get to hang with our speaker that week, Frank, and that had been a really fun thing. And he was like, yeah, there's there's definitely no bus coming. We are so sorry. Uh, we're going to send a bus from Watsonville to come pick your kids up. So this bus is already f- almost an hour late. Then it takes them 45 minutes to get to camp and then another 30 minutes to get to the beach. So these you know, boys basically get to the beach and they get to spend all of an hour at the beach. So I'm frustrated and I am like – I, I don't know why this was kind of the catalyst, but that really was the catalyst for me kind of getting to the point of being burned out because then we get to the beach. So I finally get settled at the beach. I, I arrive at the beach and there is a girl that is kind of um, hyperventilating over a bee sting and our nurse is like, hey, um, <laughs> I'll just admit to you guys what basically happened. Our nurse was like, I really think we should call the ambulance. Just, I, you know, I don't think this is good. And I said, oh, let me go get some Benadryl. <laughs> and uh, so I literally walk all the way back, uh, which is a long walk in the sand. And for those who've worked at Frontier, you all know how much I despise beach day. <laughs> it's just a lot. I love that the kids get to be at the beach. I personally do not enjoy roasting in the sun and walking in the sand and getting sand in my socks and shoes. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I uh, I walk back up and I go to the local like it's just like a little liquor store down the road and I get some Benadryl. I come back and our nurse is like, it seems like it's gotten a lot worse. And I'm like, there's no chance I'm calling the ambulance after what just happened with. Um, I mean, I don't. I, that's not really what I was thinking. But I was like, I cannot believe that after what happened with the bus, that I'm going to have to call the ambulance right now. And calling an ambulance blows in camping ministry. So I'm like, all right, give me a second here. And uh, I go and talk to the lifeguard, uh, our head lifeguard, and I was like, so we're thinking about calling an ambulance, but just wanted to get your perspective. <laughs> and the lifeguard's all. If you're thinking about calling the ambulance, you definitely need to call the ambulance. So I was like, I'm calling the ambulance. So (laughs) call the ambulance, um, call the mom. Uh, The situation is just very stressful and it's very much anxiety provoking. And I'm already at a high level of frustration and stress and anxiety because the bus scenario. Then this happens. The girl ends up being totally fine. Um, she just, I I think it was a mixture of a bee sting and a panic attack, but there was not an allergic reaction. The, uh, you know, fire department and ambulance guys were great. She ended up not even getting into the ambulance, which was great. She stayed the rest of beach day and the mom was super nice to me, but, and and just the whole scenario, I was like, my blood pressure had raised to an all time level. And, uh, 
So it's like, all right, that's cool. Uh, that stunk. I finally sit down at the beach to eat my burger that I had gotten from a local burger shop here, which I was very much looking forward to. And it was cold and the fries were mushy at that point. And I'm sitting there and a couple of staff members came up to me and they kind of made me aware of a scenario that happened with a counselor um, the, the previous week. And there had already been kind of a little bit of a lack of trust with this specific counselor. And this guy was a great guy. Um, but there was just a few things that kind of happened and they told me about another scenario and it's like I literally took half a bite of a burger and I was like, whoa, okay, I'm going to need to deal with this. And after talking about it with my other director here at camp and one of our team counselors, we decided it was in the best interest of camp and in this person to let that person go, which is just the most heartbreaking thing. And that all transpired in one day. And I think that's the moment where like I broke a little bit and the kind of the seeds of burnout of camp started. I, yeah, even though I had all the help in the world that day and I have an amazing summer staff, I just felt like very much like, God, why is this happening? Like, why did all these things happen in one day? And it was hard for me. And I ended that week just bummed. And I was, I love what God does at camp and that we, we, we get to help campers take a step closer to Jesus. And I was obviously thinking very selfish, selfishly, but I was just like, man, that was so much God. Like, I don't know if I can do another day of that. Um, and of course we then get to week four, which is family camp week. And which means we have less campers at Frontier, but I was in charge of our family camp down at the conference center. It's part of my new role here at Mission Springs, which is kind of oversee some of our programs. Now, the week itself was great, but it was just an extra layer of stress because I was simultaneously directing Frontier and doing family camp. And one of the reasons why I was still up at Frontier more is because James was preparing for our first ever launched high school camp. And so I just, once again, stress level, anxiety level, continued to raise less time with my family, um, which is hard. And so I, family camp went great. It was awesome. And, and week four of camp went amazing as well, but just carried so much more of a load than I ever had in other summers because I was splitting time back and forth, trying to give James time to prepare for Frontier Ranch Santa Barbara, which was our new high school camp endeavor. (laughs) So, um, and I could tell James was probably feeling it a little bit just from a stress standpoint of trying to get this, this big thing that we're doing off the ground. Week five happens. Uh, James, my co-director, uh, leaves to go direct this high school camp for the week. Um, and so it's me and Sarah who's been on this podcast before as well. And we're kind of overseeing camp that week. And it just, I don't know. It felt it just, when you're down a person, it just it was so hard. Um, Sarah's only 40 hours a week employee at, at camp. And so she's not there all day long like I am. And I just, I felt like I was melting that week. There was a, a massive highlight and it was a good reminder. And probably one of the main reasons why I made it through the summer is God allowed it for me to go to Santa Barbara for a day. I did like a little day trip and man, God just restored my hope so much getting to see a high school camp 
that kind of birthed through several conversations with my old director, Dave Natari, and even before that, um, taking my old students at the well to um, uh, Hume Lake, San Diego. I was like, man, this would be so cool to do this. And then we did it. We did a high school camp on a college campus, started with 120 kids. There was about 25 staff. And I just was, I I literally was in awe the whole time I was there. I was only there for a day and I couldn't stop smiling. But then I had to get back to camp and um, I was fried already because camp was going on. And it's like, okay, so camp comes or camp is happening. James comes off this crazy intense week of Santa Barbara and he needs to come off of that. Um, in a healthy way. And so I gave James some more days off in week six of camp. And uh, I just, I felt like I was unraveling. It was, it was literally what the feeling I had inside was I was unraveling and I, 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 I felt like I was sinking. And, you know, thankfully I had just an amazing staff and I probably should have let people in on it more. I tried to um, here and there, but just trying to deal with normal everyday camp stuff. So week six, James finally comes back and kind of the crew, the team is back together and um, seems like things are good. So week six kind of ends and it's like, all right, we got two more weeks left. Week seven was a blessing. Uh, It was a junior high week. It was great. Um, Felt like that was a good week to kind of remind me. And I love doing this. This is so great. Then week eight, um, if you're listening out there, I won't call you out by name. But <laughs> a scenario happened. Scenario. Uh, one of our staff members decided to, uh, let's just say, uh, obtain. <laughs> we have a we have a motorcycle program here at Frontier where kids ride motorcycles for about ten to fifteen minutes with their cabin. It's a great thing. We're one of the only camps that do it, and I love this program. And I don't ever want this thing to get shut down. But this staff member um, during week eight, the final week of camp where we're just like decompressing, trying to like finish the summer well, took one of these motorcycles, their little 50 cc's, hopped on the road and drove it down to Taco Bell. And oh my goodness, I was so mad. And the person who this was, like I've never been that mad before. Oh, I almost blew a gasket and I, I, we've, we've since cleared thing up. He's going to come back to staff this summer and he's great. Love the guy. And I don't hold it against him. I don't, I don't, I haven't lost trust in the guy in the moment. I was super frustrated and I did lose trust obviously, but he handled his apology and the way he addressed the staff and the way he apologized was great. But kind of what transpired in that time was just, I, I couldn't, believe that that happened. And there's a lot of things that could happen in that scenario is like someone from our insurance sees this guy take our bike and then they shut down the motorcycle program. This person gets injured that, you know, they're not street legal bikes, whatever that is. And so I'm, uh, I'm just like over the top frustrated. And I, I remember I go to Taco Bell and these bikes are not light. I would say they're around a hundred pounds and I get to Taco Bell. I don't say a word. I have my truck. I lift this bike and it's like grandma strength. I lift this bike in the back of my truck and it felt like I was lifting a feather. I had so much frustration inside of me. Luckily, I'm pretty good at containing my frustration. And he came out 
to like say, oh, uh, sorry. And I was like, we'll talk about this later. And <laughs> and we did certainly, but it was crazy. Like grandma strength is the real deal. I felt like I just manhandled this bike and it was crazy. Anyways, then I had to kind of deal with the fallout of that. And what I felt like in the moment and what I talked to several staff members were is this person who this happened to was a well-liked and beloved person that made a mistake. And I think the thing that I was most frustrated about was that this kind of scenario, this Taco Bell run had been talked about since kind of week one of summer. And all these different staff members sort of loosely knew about it. And some people knew more than others. Some people thought it was a joke, but there was nobody that kind of jumped in and stepped in and felt like, Hey guys, you definitely should not do that. And I felt this sense of like, what am I doing? And this is all not real. Like I need to, I, I need to, I need you all to understand that like these are thoughts that come into my mind and I have to process them with God. But I'm, I'm in the moment so frustrated and I'm thinking to myself, do these staff members not understand what we as directors have to go through on a daily basis? Do these staff members get the level of stress and anxiety and how much of our life we give up to do this? And the last thing I need to deal with after the summer that I've had is this. And I just thought to myself, why aren't any of these staff members speaking up for me? And what I realized is that it's, it has nothing to do with that. It's like, it's a staff member who I would have done the same thing when I was 21 at camp or 18 at camp. Even I remember I thought it was a good idea to take mattresses and slide them down the hill at camp hammer. And I I thought it was awesome. And then I got chewed out for it. And I was kind of like, well, you don't, you, you don't know what you're talking about, man. We had so much fun. It was this great memory. And it's like, I look back on it. It's like, yeah, that's so dumb. Mattresses are $75. This is dangerous. They're going down a steep hill on a mattress. Like, yeah, it's fun. But from a camp director's perspective, it's, it's just one more thing to deal with on top of everything else. And I'm sure at the time that director probably felt like, you know, the director was Eric, who's still up at Camp Hammer. He probably felt like, dude, I got so many other things on my plate. This is what I'm going to have to deal with is, you know, and I'm just thinking, man, let me have some fun, dude. It's camp and I'm 19. Yeah. And it wasn't, I wasn't trying to like hurt Eric. I wasn't trying to affect his summer. I was just trying to have fun and it was a dumb mistake. People make mistakes. And this staff member at Frontier made a mistake and he owned up to it. And I think people that were involved owned up to it and apologized. And, um, you know, I think summer ended on a good note after that, but this was like two days before summer ended. So it was, it was, we had to do a lot of work to make sure summer ended on a good note. And, and then camp ended. We have another week of camp called week nine. It's where we serve foster kids um, for three days. We kind of run them through a miniature program of Frontier Ranch. And that was great. It's very much life-giving. But I can remember that the day kind of the final bell at camp rang, we put up our, um, we have a name board where we write everybody's camp name on this name board and we hang it up. We hang it up and I went home and I knew it. I knew it that 
I was burnt out on camping ministry. And I don't know if I should ever do camping ministry again um, because that was too much. I'd like to, in a future episode, get my wife on the podcast and kind of process the life of being married to me and also the life of what's your role as a spouse in camping ministry. But I can remember after summer, I basically fell apart. I I go to therapy every week and I told my wife, um, I basically just said like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, I, I, I even said to her and you know, I just said like, I I'd like, I'd like for you to consider working full time and, and me just being a stay at home dad for a while. Cause I need a break. And, um, there was a lot of tears and there was a lot of, yeah, hard conversations with my wife, hard conversations with my therapist. And I just felt like I was done. I remember telling Chuck, my boss, like, dude, I'm really spent and I need help, you know, and the good thing is, is that he was super, uh, just gracious to me and was a listener and just kept saying, dude, we're going to get you help next summer and was great with letting me take a break after summer. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was really not in a good spot and I didn't want to do this podcast because I didn't really want to think about camping ministry. Um, because I was thinking about just being a stay at home dad and that probably didn't kind of diminish. Like I didn't really feel like stoked on camp on like truly until probably the very end of December. Um, and I just, I remember thinking like, I'm not going to leave this job. I'm definitely like going to continue doing it. But I just remember processing with some friends and with my therapist, like I like just, I need a break. I need to slow down. I need to kind of, um, get a little bit of my life back, a little bit of my sanity back, my brain back. And luckily God used this slower season of camp to, um, refine me, make me a better husband, a better dad. I spent so much time with my daughter just over these last four or five months, you know, and it's just been very much life giving. And God is slowly reminding me that like, Oh, Christian, you are good at this job. You are good at camping ministry. You're good at leading people, but I've got to ask for help more and I've got to restructure things. So I get more of a break and, um, kind of get some time with family and then I can kind of come back into the camp life. I met with our old camp director at Frontiers name's Brian and, and we just, uh, Brian McCutcheon and we kind of talked through like, how do you do it as a dad and be a camp director and a dad of kids that need your attention? And you know, like I, I, even this next summer, I just need to pass off stuff that certainly, um, I don't need to always deal with certain things. And then on top of that, it's like, I can't take things personally. Like I have been doing these last four summers where if a staff member makes a mistake, it's like, sometimes I'll take it personally. It's like, 
man, it's not personal. Like they did exactly what I would have done. And God has just really um, been refining me. And I think kind of the catalyst to not feeling as burnt out is getting people that have started to apply for camp. Um, if you can remember when I first started this podcast, it was during the time when people were applying and I was getting frustrated because people would apply. I'm like, yes, that person's going to be amazing. And then like they drop out like two or three weeks later, but who knows if that happens again. But what I remember, what I'm reminded of in this season of hiring people is that there is a group of people that are ages 15 to 24, um, that want to serve Jesus and give up their summer, um, to, to, to help campers take a step closer to Jesus. And every interview, every time I meet somebody new or a returning staff member, I'm just reminded on the fact that like camp truly does change lives and it changes the lives of our staff members. I can't even tell you how many staff members, one staff member, her name's cat dog, which is her camp name. Obviously she just said like camp was literally the most transformative thing in my entire life. And it's like, Oh Yeah. All these scenarios that kind of got me to a place of being burnt out, like part of that's on me. I I need to be healthier. But what I think I missed a lot of times is like God is always at work and he is so much bigger and that what we do is really, truly amazing. And I get to be a part of that. I get to direct that. And I'm, I'm like such in a better place now. I'm in a season of excited for camp, excited for like our theme this summer, excited to do these hires. I had six interviews today and I had five yesterday and it's like, Oh man, I I just love talking about camp. I, I envision these people being with campers at camp and I'm excited. And I, and I have come out of this season, especially after two weeks of recruiting of just getting excited for camp. I've come out of this long, long, long season of burnout And God has just totally used it as a time of refining it. Now, some days being a stay-at-home dad feels better, but I'm in such a better spot where I'm not crying when I come home from work. I'm not telling my wife, like, we got to figure out something else. I'm in a space of like, I can't wait for summer. I can't wait for um, the things that God's going to do here. I can't wait for mother-daughter next week. I can't wait for men's conference in a couple weeks. Can't wait for father daughter sixties plus things that I get to be a, a part of. And kind of in closing here, if you're still listening, I I just want to say that camping ministry is seasons, and you go through seasons. Obviously, there's busy seasons, there's slow seasons, there's a lot of kids, there's slower. But I think also emotionally, you go through seasons. You go through really busy times and you come back down to reality and then and then you kind of speed back up again and then you slow down and you speed back up. And my hope and my desire for 2018 is I don't ever want to feel this way. I don't ever want to be burnt out. I want um, to ask for help and to recognize that there is a, a light at the end of the summer tunnel and that I still have some gas left in this tank and I want to keep doing it, but I have to be reminded of it's a season and burnout is a season. And I'm glad that God has brought me through that. And I'm excited for, you know, the second season of uh, camp vibes podcast. And I'm also excited for this new season that God has me and camping ministry in. 
And so, yeah, we'll put some more podcasts out and we'll get some guests in here. I really want to get my wife on and we'll just uh, continue to talk about just how camp changes lives. Thanks for listening to Camp Vibes. Enjoy some little bit of Hello, Mr. Bear. Hello, Mr. Bear. I didn't see you coming. I was way too busy strumming my guitar. See, I thought I'd spend the day relaxing by the river and singing a couple tunes to spend the time.